And welcome back to Don't Take Our Word For It. That was a special song from Monica Hahn here on Detail Studios. Don't Take Our Word For It. Mm. We are just uh, two Korean-American gals trying to navigate the socially relevant, the culturally confusing, and everything in between in ways we know best, but don't, don't take, take our, our word, word for it. it. <laughs> All righty, you guys. Yes. That took a lot of uh, self-control. Yes. But it was nice having some live music for a change and I not know. just uh, our... <laughs> From you know, sounds from our brain. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you want to is hard, you guys, but uh, from but a true musician, it sounds lovely. I loved it. We have our wine. Today we're drinking Thrive Sauvignon Blanc. It, it is very refreshing this yeah. hot summer day. It is nice. Mm. It is nice. Um, but yeah, so we do have a special guest. You kind of heard from her yes. for our intro. So if you want to say hi, Monica. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Monica is actually like a really good friend of ours. She is a 29-year-old Korean-American gal who grew up in Vegas, lived in OC for a while, (laughs) then uh, went to Sydney to go to college for music, and then came back a few years ago. And we would say she's a pretty multi-talented artist slash musician. She's a renaissance woman. And today she's here to share with us about where her many adventures have led her to die. Yes. That's quite the intro. intro. I feel feel really good right now. It's the wine. It's It's the wine. It's it's Thrive. It's Thrive. We're thriving. We're thriving. We're thriving. Yes. Oh, hey, that's a good catchphrase. <laughs> <laughs> so why we brought Monica onto this uh, particular series, the Art of series, uh, is because we were thinking about, you know, potential guests for um, the Art of. And she stuck out to us because, honestly, she's one of the most talented musicians slash, like, music just lovers mm-hmm. that we know. And uh, we approached her, actually, about... Songwriting in specific, um, because she has, you know, yeah. released like little clips of things that she's written um, and played. But uh, after sitting down with her, we kind of got to know more about what her relationship with music is and um, what it is to her personally. Yeah, and I think that was very interesting to kind of because in, in, initially we walked in or thinking uh, when we brought it up, we were thinking, oh, like let's look at the what it takes to songwrite but right. there was a much deeper conversation there that we thought would be really neat and cool to bring on to our episode today yeah i only know deep. <laughs> <laughs> deep she only knows deep dude we only go deep all right but before we start with that uh i have some exciting news you guys Ooh, what's the news? <laughs> so there's this like new app that i came across <laughs> that apparently everybody everybody's raving about lately oh. uh it is called the co-star astrology app Ooh, astrology astrology is having its moment right now i feel like it's been and now it's like hotter than ever like i remember do you, did you guys get into horoscopes like when you were in middle school like high school oh yeah i totally did and i i was taught that it was like demonic <laughs> Of course. <laughs> I, I grew up religious, so I grew up, my teachers in, at church would tell me, like, you don't, like, horoscopes are from the devil, and, like, you don't listen to that stuff, and don't even look at it. And I, d- of course, looked look at, at it, it, like, <laughs> when I went home. Don't even, don't and it, it's basically, like, a personality. Like, the fun of it is that yeah. you learn about, you know, 
personality traits of a whatever sign you are. And I guess it's very uh, <laughs> egocentric in that way. <laughs> yeah, like you're, you're adding language to, to your personality. So yeah, Oops, I just that's always my click. <laughs> move on but yeah so so this app this app yes so this app uh it's quite interesting i actually can't even access it because it's not available to android users yet but Mm. all y'all iphone users go to the itunes store and get yourself linked to that because you get to if you put in like your birth time and all that stuff you get to know like what rising oh like the sun something leo rising or whatever house you're rising in and the moon and the actual time of your birth your birth Mm -hmm. apparently it matters and then you can uh if your friends are on it too it'll tell you what signs they are and how compatible you are with your friends Mm. oh wow all that stuff so it's interesting be good or it could be really bad i know like this is why this is why you're like this happen you were Uh, born one minute too late (laughs) we can't be friends no this yeah. is in the helmet. It wasn't in the stars. Mm-hmm. But okay. anyway, they do have like an Instagram page and it's been blowing up. And so I see it like in every other person's <laughs> story. And I thought it was quite interesting. So what are your guys' signs? I'm a Taurus. I think I'm a Virgo. Ooh. We could check that right now yeah. if you want. Um, I'm a Capricorn, which is Cap- interesting because like, do you guys, do you guys like resonate with your, I know we kind of. I don't know if you guys resonate with your signs or not. Yes and no. It's like such a big hit or miss. It's a hit or miss. I have no idea what a Virgo is supposed <laughs> to be like. We'll, we'll or, find out yeah. today, yeah. right now. Teach me. <laughs> Austin, do you know what sign you are? No idea. Austin has no idea. When were you born? Uh, March. March. What's it's the so date? Uh, 17th. 1997. I think march 17th that might be a taurus or something right before the taurus we can figure out if you give us a social security as yeah. well yeah uh, your big account yeah, yeah. Can you just, the, just the <laughs> the digits give us the digits yeah. um all right so we looked it up and austin is a pisces this is nice. really interesting okay. all right so first one first one on so, the app or okay. first one on the instagram page so so a connection means to a taurus Really good cuddling. Hmm. Oh, hmm. Cuddling. For a Virgo, a connection means understanding each other's motivations. Ooh, that's, motives. That's kind of true. <laughs> I need uh, to know what your intent is. Yeah. <laughs> what is your intent? <laughs> uh, for Capricorn, being able to sit in silence together is a connection. This is really true. I mm. do, I feel like I, I don't do this like consciously, but I think if we can sit in silence together, we're pretty comfortable. Yeah. And like if you don't feel awkward about it, I, I'm not awkward about it. Mm. It's kind of oh. true. And for a Pisces, a connection means opening up to each other about your childhoods. Oh. Is, does, does this ring true with you, Austin? What was that? Oh, <laughs> he my. Wasn't even he, he doesn't even care. That's why he never told us about his childhood. I know. Now I know. I yeah. He doesn't want to connect with us, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so basically uh on here it says to a pisces a connection means opening up to each other about your childhoods does that does that kind of resonate with you oh okay 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 well when you're breaking up this is how a taurus breaks up they think about it for a year before finally telling you you know i kind of kind of relate that because i feel like i'm i'm too nice 
or I've just been sitting on, I don't want to be the one to pull the trigger. Mm-hmm. But now that I'm older and I've like gone through enough heartbreaks, I'm like, okay, this is not true for me. Bye. I'm like, no, yeah, yeah. bye. Do you ever like, um, like try to be a bad girlfriend so that they break up with you? That is <laughs> ultimate that is passive like aggression. Psycho, minor psych, psychopath tendency. Wow. No, no, I'm just kidding. I know. I don't think I can do that. Yeah. It's just so like not me. Yeah. 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 All right. For Virgo, okay. breaking up means <laughs> she hands you a list of 27 reasons why you should be breaking up. <laughs> I feel like I'm getting a, a, a good characterization of what a Virgo oh, is right man. now. Oh, man. Is this Hold true? On. Like I a list? Know. Or like a, list. a bunch of, like May- a thought out. Uh-huh. Do you like, uh, when you're like thinking on the cusp of breaking up with someone, like you you'd go through a pros and cons I do. Whoa. I don't list. present it though. Right. 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 It's but a pro- at least. <laughs> that's, that's, it has to be really up. bad for me to present it. I mean, but I do have <laughs> a list. I've made two copies for you today. Yeah. <laughs> one for you and one for Refer me. Refer to list A. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. I feel like it's a little messed um, up if you did show it. Like, this is true. why I'm breaking up with you. But, <laughs> you know, before you're, you're like contemplating. So yeah. you would like make a pros and cons list. Right. Or it's at least in your head. Like, you've listed the reasons why. I've listed the reasons. I have to have a reason. Yeah. Clearly. Yes. The, those reasons need to outweigh. If the reason the was already there. Oh, like, see. Yeah, so you're outweighing, like you have yeah. a, yeah. a, a scale in your mind. Definitely. Yeah, a filter or certain But like I think system. my, yeah, my way of, my approach has been, I mean, not that I've been in too many relationships, but my approach has always been, yeah, this isn't working out. And then if I need to go into the reasons, I would go into it. Because mm-hmm. you have But they're pretty well articulated. Dang, girl. So There's no there. room here yeah. for you. That's my bottom line. Oh. It's like me, actually. Uh, okay. Well, Capricorn, when breaking up, schedules a meeting about how to share custody of the dog. <laughs> Dang, dude. Uh, that seems like an exaggerated form, definitely, but... I, I feel like those things would already be on your mind. It would be. I think if I was married, for sure, or oh, like dang. in a very serious relationship, like okay, yeah. well, this you is had a dog baby up, together. Then. But let's look at it on a logical sense as yeah. well. Like yes, it, yes, emotionally, this is painful for both of us. Yes, but really, she's gonna make an Excel sheet about re- it. Mm, yeah, she's really good at that. You're really good at that. Yeah. <laughs> Especially oh, the color these, are, these are things that we can split up and these are things that I'm going to take and these are things that mm, didn't really contribute much to this relationship. Yeah, so dude. I'm going to take all this. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I deserve 70%. I'm just kidding. Okay. Okay. So Pisces, when breaking up, tells you they know you're hurting, but they're hurting too, probably more than you are. So you are you true feeler, man. You're you're a feeler, dude. <laughs> Definitely a feeler. I I oh wow, Austin. According to the stars. Yeah. According to the house. No, of it's Mars true. It's true. <laughs> Pluto's positioning. Oh at my goodness. 2 p.m. All right. A Pisces craves passion. <laughs> dude, <laughs> like a pattern. There's yeah, a pattern there here with this Pisces route. Wow, wow, wow. I think it's been. Well, according to co-star astrology, Austin, your dating patterns are basically you're always thinking you're in love when it's really a fantasy. Wow. Dang. The the cons of a feeler. (laughs) His face right now is just Uh, utter shock. We've been bullying Austin a little bit the past couple weeks. It's okay. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Um, A Taurus refuses to abandon a sinking ship. Those are some dating patterns. Mm. Oh, dating patterns. 
you know what? This is kind of true. All the signs are there. Joanne, mm. it's time to jump ship. Oh, oh, but I, uh, it's hard for me to pull the trigger sometimes. Like, <laughs> I'll help you create a list. Oh, yeah. yeah. Thank you. And well, you're you know, dating patterns, Monica. And if you need an Excel of yeah. why, I, I will create a, uh, thank a chart you. for you. We got your back. That's trend. actually yeah. very helpful. <laughs> very grounding. <laughs> dating patterns of a Virgo. Uh, fixer uppers. Okay, you're a fixer upper? I think so. I think Ooh. so. Not just of others, but myself. Wow. As well. Yeah. Is that like a oh constant like analysis and it's like it's more like if I see that we can improve in some way. Uh huh. If I really see the benefit of the improvement or the fixing. Yeah. Then yeah, I don't think I I am extensive in that, but. I I know it enough to acknowledge it. Oh, oh yes. and it's going on in your mind. Yeah, kind but of. I also kind of hope for the same. I like to be informed of something I can improve in. So mm, that's yeah. good development. Yeah. We're evolving, you know. Constructive criticism. That's <laughs> good. Uh, a Capricorn oh, dating geez. patterns micromanaging their partners. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I, <laughs> okay, see, this is what I mean. <laughs> Capricorn, this is our. This is where astrology is irrelevant. No, like, where we don't gosh. like it. I don't like this. <laughs> I don't. I don't think I do. I don't think I don't really agree with that one because I'm. I'm so about like letting people be themselves. Like I mm-hmm. want. I want to like help them improve being themselves. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know about like micromanaging. That seems so. You know hmm. what though? I think with astrology, like. I remember we were talking about how we're into it when we're kids or when we're younger. Yeah. I think it actually almost aids as a tool for people to develop their identity or their fingerprint in this world. And it's really kind of boxy. Yeah. It is. Yeah. I mean, I don't think we're really serious about it right now, but I mean, for those of you that are serious about it, no offense, but (laughs) yeah, it is kind of, it kind of just puts you in your place I don't know if it's yeah. kind of, I don't think it's really accurate. Yeah, I have like a pet peeve. Like when someone who is kind of into astrology tells me like, oh yeah, like that's so Taurus of you. Or like, oh, right? that's so like, oh yeah, you're a Taurus or yeah. whatever. And I'm like, excuse me. You don't yeah. know me like yeah. that. Yeah, excuse like me. I'm right. I'm more than a Taurus, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm a Leo rising. No, I'm <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I really don't I'm know. I'm a wing Virgo. <laughs> All right, last one, last one. Mm. Last Do you one. guys want to uh, hear about your least favorite kinds of people or love languages? Which one? Hmm, maybe love languages to keep it positive. All right. Oh, okay. <laughs> so Virgo. I was like, <laughs> these are my least favorite kinds of people. I'm like, yes, let, let, me, let me tell you the least, the least kinds of people. What do I we can my choose least favorite types of people. We'll just. I can both. just tell you right we'll now. I don't do need. Both. I don't need a sign to tell me. I. Oh, I will oh, tell oh you. my oh, gosh. We're going there. Well, on that. Oh my. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Just for the record. <laughs> no, it's off the record. <laughs> it's off the record. <laughs> She tried to pour the wine with the cap off. <laughs> I didn't see the cap. She's like, why isn't this working? I didn't see the cap. Oh, my goodness. All right, all right. Well, along those lines, we'll just do both. Uh, okay, we'll do it quick, quick, quick. All right, Pisces, your least favorite kinds of people are people with expectations that they inevitably can't live up to. <gasps> Whatever that means. All right, Capricorns, your least favorite kinds of people are people who have no conception of duty. 
Uh, yeah, it does kind of bother me when you when they just don't have a good understanding of responsibility. Like, yeah. hey, like, come on, let's be you a team player. Probably like, do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Virgo, you don't like people who lack social awareness. Like social no nunchi? awareness. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, like I can. Un- I consider it. Okay, if you're inconsiderate, that's different. Mm-hmm. Oh no. no. I, don't know. I think it means like you don't have social like nunchi or like that's I don't, what social awareness is. I think like you don't know when to stop. Like okay, like the I vibe guess. is bad. Oh, but yeah, you yeah, keep you can't going. read the room. I guess so. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if it kind of offsets the balance of the atmosphere, mm-hmm. then yeah, it can be a little bit. But my tendency is to fix or upper the oh. situation. So how annoying! She must be arising in some other house. Yeah, I'm the Venus arising. <laughs> <laughs> Venus is love. Oh. Anyways, okay, so for Tauruses, I apparently really don't like people who are uncomfortable with silence. That's like, yes and no. It's kind of annoying, but it's not like, I hate you. (laughs) All right, love languages. For uh, all, actually, Taurus, Virgo, and Capricorn all are uh, umbrellaed under acts of service. Totally true for me. Yes. And a Pisces, quality time is a love language. Is this true? No, words of affirmation. Oh, my he's gosh. He has, right. he, he has disagreed Basically, with Basically, he threw the wrench in the CoStar yeah. wow. astrology app. All right. Thank you, Austin. <laughs> there you have it, folks. Fake news. It's debunked. <laughs> Fake, Fake news. news. All right, you guys. So uh, before we jump into songwriting and music, we kind of want to get to know Monica a little bit. When we're thinking about who you are and, and bringing you onto this podcast. We're like, oh, Monica's been um, around the world. Has she seen a yeah. few things in life? So She's been around. Yeah. And she's been away for a while. Like, she was gone for a good, <laughs> a hot minute, though. <laughs> yeah. So, let's, yeah, let's just kind of dive into, into that. Yes. Tell us. Okay, so I am aware because I met uh, Monica's younger brother, Will, when I was in high school and I found out like getting to know him later on that he grew up in Las Vegas and I was like, what? Like, cause literally I've grown up in orange County. And so when I think of Vegas, I think like the strip where there's like gambling and drunk people and like people wearing like those nipple tassels Uh, tassels? and like, you know, all that stuff you see on the Vegas Strip. And I'm like, you grew up there? Like, <laughs> yeah, like on the Strip? Like, as a kid? Well, how? At MGM? Right. Wow. <laughs> and then I heard there were, like, suburbs in Las Vegas. Yes. And I was like, what? Like, there are people mm. live there? Like, how? Yeah. <laughs> but you, okay, so you eventually moved to Orange County. Yeah, Fullerton, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, actually, Fullerton. So, middle... I think mid junior year we moved back. That's mm-hmm. t- that's tough. That, was that that's tough? Weird. I feel like because junior year you're trying like when we were juniors we were like studying for SATs or like oh we have our gosh. friend group. I hated my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was terrible. Um, Dark years. But like that's such a you know and, and as a high school student like high school is your world and I remember thinking like this is this is my life mm. and everything surrounds my life around my high school my high school like whatever's happening in school and with your friends yeah or. so it must have been kind of difficult to move at 11th grade where things yeah. are either like both for yourself because you have to like transplant and like you know acclimate to a new environment but at the same time like everybody sort of has like their own cliques and mm-hmm. right in high school yeah actually this kind of segues into how i got into music because mm-hmm. moving 
moving to a new city was kind of our thing as a family. We ev- it wasn't our thing because we wanted it. I think my parents were just making the decisions, you know, uh, ba- uh, to provide the best for our family at that time. So mm-hmm. I think every year to two years, uh, starting from fourth grade or end of fourth grade, was when we started hopping around mm-hmm. quite a bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I actually went to um, like two elementary schools, two middle schools, and three high schools. Wow. So being in a new city mm-hmm. with like no click was kind of a normal thing for me. Mm-hmm. It never felt great, but mm-hmm. it was something that I had experienced, you know, consecutively. And so all those summers of being in a new city and having no friends and actually not even knowing how to make friends like right. during the actual school yeah. year is actually how the the uh, the musical uh, inclination really began Uh that's that's kind of how it happened Mm. yeah so when you say that is it um like you just picked up like you started to pick up instruments and you started playing because you had time to or actually uh i was introduced to like playing music i think it was fifth grade or sixth i think it was sixth grade when we moved to vegas a year after and i was in orchestra i just signed up for it because i sounded cool what did you play? So I played uh, the viola. That was my gateway instrument. Oh, <laughs> gateway instrument. Yeah. Viola. Actually, and I remember <laughs> choosing the viola because it it's, it looks like the word voila. Uh, oh, yeah. And yeah. I was so like, oh, voila. But I didn't realize that the viola was not a desirable instrument for like junior high kids because there were only, there was only me and this one other kid we were the only violists. Oh. Is it because it's hard to play? I think because no one really knows what it is. What it is. It's like, wait. It's not a violin, <laughs> but it's a what? Yeah, it's like a... It's like a tiny violin? It, it's like a larger sure. violin. Oh, it's larger? Mm-hmm. <gasps> oh, I thought it was like a higher... Oh. Yeah, so you, you so have the, the same form yeah. as you would play a violin, but the strings are different as well. So it has, it, it has a deeper sound, and instead of a high E string... It has the C string, mm-hmm. which kind of mimics the cello. Ah, mm. uh, so it's like an in between. In between, it's like a mini cello. And the cello. Yeah, but pretty you much like on your neck. Yeah, <laughs> I used to play the clarinet in middle school. You did. I, did. I can totally. I imagine played the flute. You. Oh my gosh, you guys! <laughs> I was in band. Do we fit the stereotype of a clarinet and flute player? Oh I don't know. Gosh. You tell me. <laughs> I don't know what the stereotypes are for clarinet. Yeah, but I don't. Either. I used to That's play the clarinet. I think I'm totally like a flute person. Like I probably wouldn't have picked up a clarinet. Really? I, yeah, but I, I played the flute because there was a beat up flute at home. So I was like, oh, mm. I already have that instrument. <laughs> I can kind of imagine you playing a piccolo too. Like oh, really? Oh my goodness. Yeah. I think I would chuck a piccolo away. Like, <laughs> it's too much. <laughs> <laughs> okay, recorders though, that was a thing. Oh yeah, oh, everyone yeah. had to learn but how to why? play. That's the question. The million dollar question I is know. what were they preparing us for? <laughs> they like required us to purchase like a $12 plastic recorder. Mm-hmm. Like but why? Why? I think mm. like to kind of help you <laughs> maybe understand music a little yeah. bit, but it's like a cheap yeah, instrument I, true That's maybe true. they were the teachers were trying to get us to shut up in class and you have if you have something in your mouth you can't talk all that <laughs> energy <laughs> <laughs> i remember my mom being like stop playing <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> she like had enough. She was like really like nice and generous in the beginning. Like, okay, like she's learning a new instrument. But oh, at, towards the end, they're like, stop it. It's driving us mad. I just remember like Dwight busting out a recorder. Oh my God. And playing like, And he played during like that bird's funeral. Yeah. Oh, I'm like, wow, that's why. That's so why. Mm-hmm. So you, um, but you, so viola was your first instrument. And then what did you pick up any other instruments after that? Yeah, that's when uh, I think the viola was kind of hard for me to really feel confident about because mm-hmm. all these violinists were like their own little clique, the cellist. I mean, I felt like as a viola player, <laughs> I just felt so alone. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, and the thing is, we, the we were like, oh, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> you, don't, you don't belong here. You don't belong here. Yeah, it's kind of like the in-between. Um, but <laughs> I actually picked up the guitar shortly after that. Um, my my reasons for that was actually because I had a crush on a guy who was Ooh. really into guitar players. It's always uh, a guy. Bounce. It's always it's a, a freaking guy. Yeah, it's always a guy in high school. It, was it high school? When did you pick up guitar? It was junior it was, high, yeah, actually. It was a guy in middle school. Yeah, but he was so impressed. I remember he was so He was impressed, impressed by you? No. Oh. <laughs> I, but I wanted him to be. So <laughs> that was the goal. Oh, right. she was like, oh, he's into Yeah, guitar he's into playing. that. So I was like, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to pick it up. And my friend, I didn't have a guitar, but my friend did. So I'd go after school to her place, mm-hmm. not just for that we were actually well actually i was learning to make friends at that time so i was technically i'm it's sorry like two birds with one stone yeah i shouldn't be confessing that maybe <laughs> she's listening to this maybe um confession you guys can like rekindle you know like yeah hygiene um hit me up oh my gosh <laughs> bring you. your guitar hope you're well bring your guitar let's jam sometime um yeah but that really kind of sparked the interest nice. yeah but it was and actually he played the drums too so i picked up the drums around the same time wow. mm-hmm. so yeah that's kind of something that people don't know mm-hmm. i don't announce it because i'm not know. as confident i've on the seen drums. you play drums before yeah it's uh, like it's for like a like, kid banging on pots and pans no not, like you've got a beat going yeah. oh, you thanks, definitely yeah. have a rhythm yeah i mean yeah. Drums is no joke. Like I, um, I thought it was so because I thought like female drummers look so badass. Like I was like, what? Oh, they're so cool. Like white stripes. You know, yeah, they're like, so cool. Um, so I tried. I tried, but <laughs> I, tried. I could tried. not. I just my shins were so sore. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I was just not strong it's enough. Real. It's real. It's real. And I'm like, I can't. I, yeah. I was no. just like, I think I already saw when I, like, I saw like already how how trying and difficult this is going to be <laughs> when i first like played you, like, my picked up first the sticks beat. and you're like oh no and i was like oh my gosh like and then i saw people practicing with those like pads and stuff and i was like yeah you know this is just not interesting enough for me to put in the time and effort to excel in this yeah. certain instrument. So, but yeah, I definitely agree with Joanna. You do have rhythm. Like I, I've seen you play. I mean, we've both. Yeah, yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it definitely has been my motives for picking up these instruments were pretty lame, but I, I really did, you know, find mm-hmm. something to latch onto for all those lonely summers. Yeah. <laughs> I hear like the tiny world's tiniest violin. And, Mm-hmm. Viola, okay. Not yeah. violin. We don't no. play violin. Sorry, sorry. We're World's not about violin here. Viola. 
Thank you. <laughs> Shout out to all the viola players out there. You matter. You're oh not alone. Gosh. You're not alone. <laughs> so yeah. your primary instrument you play rise now would be an acoustic guitar? It would be, yeah, the acoustic guitar. Mm-hmm. And uh, But I do, yeah, I, I, that's my go-to, definitely. When it comes to songwriting and, um, you know, actually when it comes to anything, like even just on a normal day, if I've had a long day and I need to unwind or if I had a pretty, you know, emotionally turbulent or provoking situation take place, my go-to is the guitar. Yeah. <laughs> and I just pick it up and I'd start playing stuff. Mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. Does it just come to you? Like, let's say, like, like for that, that example, like you just had a very tiring, trying day and you just, you know, oh, I'm just going to play my guitar. Does a melody come? How does that, how does that work? Yeah. At this point, like where I'm at today, yeah, I could pick it up and play. <laughs> Sorry, I got distracted. because I was trying to grab the wine bottle and it I'm just like finishing just it off It was like just far right away now. enough where yeah. I'm struggling. She was Don't she mind was me. Struggling. Don't mind me. Just keep, keep, keep talking. Yeah, um, I'll keep talking. Sorry. No. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I would say at this point, it's definitely... Um, possible for me to pick up a guitar and just articulate what I'm feeling via melody. That's I don't, so I don't nice. think about it. I think I just do it because it, it's just kind of a, a form of like relief in a sense. Yeah. But it took quite a bit. I remember like when I first started playing or when I first uh, started having interest in writing or creating something rather than learning a song that I like. Mm-hmm. I I remember being very frustrated because I would want to play more or I I would be sick and tired of the same chord progressions that mm-hmm. you know these favorite songs would right. would have um and I I think it took quite a bit of practice obviously and uh to, for me to be able to freely play something so that's like where I'm at I'm at the mm-hmm. point where I'm like dude okay like playing the guitar is like my go-to to relieve anxiety Mm. um so I'll I'll always have a guitar in my room but I'm so I feel so confined to the same Mm -hmm. chords and that's how I hit up Austin like teach me and I like definitely (laughs) definitely fell off that train like real hard but no he was like kind enough to I still have all the videos that we took of uh, him showing me oh wow certain progressions but uh, Mm. anyways yeah no I totally relate Mm. to that but yeah that's why I'm like dude it must be so nice to finally be at a point where like you have that freedom to play what you want hear to. in your mind exactly yeah it is yeah how long did that take do you th- well like i know it's hard to gauge maybe but like how long do you think that takes to get to that point you know or what what does it take to get to that point i think like how how long is kind of subjective to each person but right what do you think? i guess i don't know so let me try and approach it from a different mm-hmm. angle so I guess when it comes to, if we're just speaking solely on like articulating yourself through music, um, sometimes some people like a finished product. Like they, if they're feeling something or they had a a pretty significant experience, they want to, they want to kind of, um, like finish the product of, of whatever song they're making. Mm -hmm. For me, it's always just been literally like if some people, like for example, if some people, when they're, overwhelmed or something significant took place they would go for a run Mm -hmm. or some people would 
go for a smoke. Mm -hmm. I don't know, like whatever it is. So for me, my immediate relief or form of uh, just therapy, I guess, is just to pick up the guitar. So I think I never had this like motive to develop my skill set just so that I can relieve myself. But I think in those particular moments, I had that drive or that motivation to hone that or I was frrustrated and I wanted to I don't know if that makes sense but I just yeah, wanted to like like, exp- like kind of touch up on that emotion and and exert it through whatever progression or what have you yeah and so I feel like it was forming as I picked it up every yeah, time something yeah. happened um but I, I didn't really have this drive to be like, I'm going to practice so that I can do that. Right, right, right. It was just my kind of my go-to so thing, like my vice in a sense. A more natural inclination. Mm-hmm. Like when you did feel this or when you need to like express it in some form, like your go-to immediate was, I'm just going to play the guitar. That's what pulled you naturally. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's super say. cool. So did songwriting start as like, uh, an immediate thing for you because for me I started off when I picked up a guitar for the first time I played a lot of like well I learned the chords and then I learned a lot of covers like most people start that way they learn by learning songs um, so I'm sure like you probably played some songs that were already like published and out there and mm-hmm. well known but then when did you first dabble in like making your own music yeah I would say I think in high school, you know, when you're in high school, you feel a lot of stuff. You feel a lot. <laughs> yeah. A lot of stuff. And you don't Too know much. what to do with Too it. Much. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of tears and uh, sadness. And um, I think, so my, I think the year that I moved to California was probably one of my most difficult years. Mm. Uh, so it was during that time, I think I wrote my first song ever. Mm-hmm. And that didn't I mean it wasn't again the intent wasn't to just finish a song so I can display it to the world it was like I had so much pent up inside and I needed to exert that in some shape or form Mm -hmm. and actually growing up I you know not having many friends and Mm -hmm. not really knowing how to even have a normal conversation with someone Mm -hmm. really did kind of form this habit of internalizing everything Mm -hmm. also in our house like you know, I think a lot of Korean households maybe have, have experienced this. Or if you grew up in a Korean household, you don't really speak of negative emotions. Um, you don't necessarily vent. Mm-hmm. You kind of have to be on your best behavior. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of stuff was pent up mm-hmm. inside. And I think definitely, you know, guitar and singing and all that was one uh, method or avenue for me to do that. Yeah. And I remember that year just not having anyone to talk to I couldn't talk to my parents I couldn't talk to my I was I tortured my brother poor thing we're good now we love each other (laughs) we can all like the three of us can have another we can have another episode just on how we treated our brother oh my my god okay I don't know if I want to open up that can of worms mine mine opened without my permission like he told all his friends at school about his crazy sister you know oh my gosh same same Wow. Austin's like, uh, yeah, Same. I heard the stories. Same. Same. I literally went to school to pick him up one day in elementary school and I walk in and all these kids are staring at me like, and then I hear the, <laughs> the and worst. I'm like, That's what the, the heck? Movie. And then one of the kids finally like was brave enough to be like, are you Josh's sister? And I was like, yeah. 
And they're like, is it true that you <laughs> blah, 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 blah? See, is it and true? I was like, that I've heard. I was like, oh my God. No, it's God, not true, but you're out. like grinding. Like you're like making I was like, fists. it's out. Yeah, no, I was really <laughs> like, oh. I'm going to kill him <laughs> when I get home. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. Activate evil sister I mean, mode. Yeah, I did that. And they're like, oh. Yeah, so you better watch crazy. your back. We got home. Mm-hmm. He got it. He oh, got shoot, it. dude. I was like, did you tell your friends? <laughs> That I did X, Y, and Z. And he was like, uh, no. He's all shaking. I know. No, no, <laughs> He's like, no, he literally, I think no, he no. denied it the first time. <laughs> and then when he admit, because my brother's so bad at lying. He's so bad at lying. He just couldn't, poor thing. He's so, he's such a kind hearted boy, but he <laughs> could not lie. And I like, oh my God, I was so See, mad. Oh my gosh. We, I feel like we have a very similar story. We do. Yeah, yeah I was I remember, so mean like, to my brother. I remember like in elementary school, I like we needed to get picked up by my mom or someone was picking us up, but I wanted to go play with my friends. Yeah. So I just like left him without telling him and he just like <gasps> cried. <laughs> wow. so I know like wow, I'm exposing a lot about myself right now. This, past. this is great. But oh, this, this, is great. <laughs> this is great. Let's pick up the guitar and just start. Playing let's let's just start playing some stuff. Songs right now. Let's revisit those, those <laughs> regrets and those traumas. <laughs> oh my gosh! I, need to I, I think Austin is probably loving this because we're opening like, up about our childhood, and that's his his cup of tea. He's like, right? I am right. friends yeah. with all your younger brothers. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Uh, yeah, oh my but that's yeah. a real thing. Yeah. I, I think. So that, you had tension with your brother when? Oh, totally. I love you, Will. <laughs> Um, yeah, but I, I think, you know, when you don't really know what to do, you, you know, some, some kids would kind of, they had, they had friends to hang out with to rebel or whatever. Mm -hmm. I literally was such a loner and Mm -hmm. I just had at that time my guitar Mm -hmm. and I had a dog at the time. His name was Kenny. He was one of those like ugly cute dogs that just grows on you. I love ugly cute Mm -hmm. dogs. I've never had an ugly dog grow on me. I just just, only the cute ones. I only have cute dogs. Sorry, dude. I just you know I just don't look at them. (laughs) (laughs) That is you know yeah. So there's no chance for them to grow. stops right there <laughs> you ugly bye oh. <laughs> just put the blinders yeah. on oh, man. no my dog though kenny oh kenny actually yeah that that was about it so i think that's where the songwriting really really started mm-hmm. um and it was you know really i didn't have an audience in mind when mm-hmm. i was writing i didn't feel the need to be acknowledged for my music it mm-hmm. was truly truly just like a processing tool for me mm-hmm. which i think it's still predominantly true to, to this day wow. yeah that's what i like about music in general mm-hmm. um what i've really realized uh about music is it's it's a it's a type of language it's not a verbal language but it somehow it's able to pull these deeper emotions or or, or these complicated feelings out in a way that words just can't quite capture and maybe we don't even have the right vocabulary yeah. to like True. express what it is that we're feeling but music has a way of like translating that in, in a much tangible audible way so yeah and like what's crazy is it. like it's abstract it's totally an abstract thing mm-hmm. because you're not you can't really like see it it's yeah. really auditory and it's all kind of in your brain yeah. but um i think now i'm kind of understanding like now that you put it that way michelle mm-hmm. i'm like dude sometimes you just want to play music and it's not for somebody to hear it's like you're just kind of lost in it and mm-hmm. you're going with it. Mm-hmm. And so it is like a way of processing in itself. Yeah. yeah. And it actually um, 
bring a little science in it like lights <laughs> up a different part of your brain actually mm-hmm. more than like verbal so i think there's like a verbal language that mm-hmm, your brain mm-hmm. processes information through but music it lights up a different part of your brain interesting which is really cool yeah. which is really cool actually yeah so when was the moment that you realized or you kind of you're like oh i'm I'm kind of good. Like, <laughs> I'm kind of good at this. Oh, shoot. Did you just hear that, Monica? Like, oh my God, I ripped. That is hilarious. To let it be known, she's really, really good. So Like, good. every time she plays, you're like, oh my God. Did that? She was just kind of picking just before the start of this episode. And yeah. Joanna and I were like, oh my God, I can just sit here and listen to this all day. Yeah. So she's good. like, I just want to clink my wine glass. <laughs> And so that was oh how the intro started. <laughs> how exactly. it came to be. Like, this just is our intro song right there. <laughs> you know, that's a really funny question. Um, <laughs> it was actually, uh, there was a period just before I left for Sydney, actually, where I record. I started just recording a bunch of stuff. I was given one of those snowball mics and it's like the oh, USB yes. mic that you mm-hmm. plug into your mm-hmm. Mac or your laptop. Mm-hmm. Um and I remember just wanting to experiment with it. So I had GarageBand on my MacBook and I just started layering tracks. And uh, it was really just what for is, my what own. What does that mean, by the way, for anyone who doesn't? Know. Yeah. So I guess on like um, GarageBand, for example, it was my tool at the time. Or I mean, anyway, <laughs> on GarageBand, you can record, you can kind of isolate each part of like an instrument or mm-hmm. your vocals and you just kind of layer it. And it's really a way to create a clean track per instrument mm-hmm. per like line of you know sound so that when like you recording stuff. yeah when you record and it all comes together mm-hmm. it's like a polished version of the song mm-hmm. whereas if you do like a live recording where you're singing and playing the guitar at the same time it's it you know it has like that live grunge vibe, but I just wanted to experiment um, adding harmonies mm. to my vocals. Oh, I remember and, this. Yeah, yeah, and just wanting to add more more texture and depth to the song. Mm-hmm. Um, and since I was the only one really recording and it was just for me, for my own project, I just started layering a bunch of harmonies and then I would like throw on a bunch of reverb on it, which mm-hmm. is the echo effect. Mm. And I just kind of play along with it and sometimes I would even try and replicate you know certain styles with like Bon Iver or what have you and 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 try to just figure out a sound for myself I guess but when I when I did that um I put it on SoundCloud I had a few songwriter friends at that time uh and they were all about SoundCloud and it was it's like this you know online community Mm -hmm. where you where local artists upload their music and uh and so i found out about it through a friend and i put it up and actually it i didn't put it up with any intent other than to just do it and you know do what my friends were doing and connect with them and share songs and listen to their songs etc uh but it was actually so that was before sydney and once i moved to sydney i um was in i was studying music for my first year and my vocal uh trainer somehow found that Mm -hmm. soundcloud account i don't know how she found it Mm -hmm. um but she found it and and then she posted it on her facebook Mm -hmm. 
And she's like, this is one of my students. Wow. You should listen. Mm-hmm. And I legitimately freaked out. I was like, uh, how did you find that? And what are you doing with it? <laughs> Dang, dude. And Vulnerability. She's a fan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but actually, um, when she posted it, that's when there was a bunch of uh, feedback on it. So people mm-hmm. were commenting and... Nice. And there are people I didn't know, that but there was frightening. Like it was frightening. Yeah. It's kind of without your permission. I yeah, know. yeah, yeah. It was completely without my permission. <laughs> but also, like, I yeah. put it on SoundCloud, so mm-hmm. I, I you can get. Yeah, you can. Anyone can really access it. But I'm sure, like, I'm sure it was out of with good intentions. Totally. Right. But it's like, dude, that's like, yeah, that, would, that does come with you, a lot of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you, you weren't know, even emotionally, mentally prepared to have it. Not at all to that kind of audience. Not at all. And that SoundCloud was like. I, I had some covers on there and then I had like one original on there mm-hmm. and she posted that original oh, wow. and I felt so exposed. Oh, yeah. But I think it was actually in that moment where I saw, when I saw just like the general mm-hmm. feedback mm-hmm, from people mm-hmm. I didn't know that had no tie to me mm-hmm. say, oh, I really enjoyed that or I really liked mm-hmm. it was when I was like, oh, I guess my sound is not that abstract. Because in my head, I think this is so personal or it feels very like just not worth like worthwhile your mm-hmm, listen mm-hmm. i don't think about an audience so i just kind of did it more for me mm. and so when people were commenting i thought oh wow I, I guess it translates pretty well to the public and i guess that's when i found out oh i guess i do have a knack for it and then yeah. my friends um in sydney who there are there's like a huge songwriting community in that school obviously it's like a music school and um they they also uh, gave me some positive feedback and started encouraging me to write more yeah. they um invited me to co-write with them so i did a lot of projects like that um so i think that's when i learned okay i i do have a knack for this um and that's where the challenges started coming in where friends would encourage me to to do something with it mm-hmm. and i always had like a mm-hmm. like a a wrestle mm-hmm. I, like a right. wrestle dynamic with that because i still don't to this day uh, feel this n- urge to produce something to put out there right it's really truly a processing tool for me yeah. but actually i i can see where they're coming from and you know i personally have been really inspired and um have been comforted and and you know uh met and fed by the songwriting of other artists so mm-hmm. i can see I can see the the heart and the the um, benefit, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, behind putting music out there. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, it's just never really been yeah. uh, something I've been super aspiring to. But yeah. yeah, I can relate to that. Like I mentioned before, but um, like with ceramics for me, it's mm-hmm. more I I like started ceramics as more of an a creative outlet, and it just it ended up working out really well because I felt like oh there's so many things I can do and this is a whole like universe in itself and I I got a lot of positive feedback from different people and and then people started hitting me up for you know orders and I really don't mind doing like custom orders for people because I I enjoy the challenge of you know that that creative challenge Mm. behind it but at the same time um when I think about like small batch production because I can't do like mass production. Uh, even that is a little stressful for me. And every, mm. when I think about producing, like to meet a quota, mm. um, for like a dollar amount or whatever, it stresses me out. And it, it, it's actually a big burden for me more than anything, because I feel like I do ceramics and I create 
because I love it and it's more therapeutic and it's a processing like time for me versus, oh, I'm doing this to make money or I'm doing this to get my name out there as an artist. Like I really could care less if my name got out there as like, oh, Joanne Peck, like Potter, ceramicist or like whatever, or even like artist. Um, But it really Mm -hmm. is just a way that I express myself and um, my go-to when I, when I, need it right don't you feel like when i actually i've approached you before yeah about purchasing some of your work yeah 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 um because i mean ceramics wise i think it's so unique right because the the pot would you call yourself a potter is that a title yeah yeah Yeah. like potter ceramicist like interchangeable right like when a potter creates something it's so it's so personal, mm-hmm. like literally the form, the shape and, and, and the texture, everything about it is so uh, like your every uh, detail went into it. It's like mm-hmm. a really like a part of you, I feel yeah. like. And um, do you feel like when someone wants to purchase that work from you, do, do, do you is there a part of you that's like flattered by it? Oh, absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Cause it shows me that like, oh, I'm not crazy. Like, <laughs> like you're actually <laughs> there's doing something going on here. Right. That was a good direction. Mm. Um, because I do, I see like, I think something kind of like parallel with music. There are things that work together, like form angles, like mm. lines and shapes. And to me, like, I think I've heard something like, it reminds me of like poetry. Like it, mm. some things work together. Some things don't. Mm. And, um, I think I see like visuals in that way. Um, and so when people do ask me like, Oh, like how much is that? Or are you selling that? I'm like, I am flattered, but I have to be honest. Like it's hard for me to let go of some pieces mm-hmm. or if not like all pieces, yeah. <laughs> because it's sense. like, it was like my time baby, you yeah. know, like my time and totally. uh, like, st- like energy baby. Right. Um, but now I'm at this point, I think like, dude, I can, let go of my pieces because yeah. I never use it. <laughs> like, it's literally <laughs> sitting stuff. on the shelf, like yeah. just to look at. Like, and I'm like, dude, I look at it every day. Mm, and unless yeah. it's like a enough of a reference point for me, I think I need to like start letting go of mm. some of my even like original pieces. Mm. If people find you know quality in it, mm-hmm. um, yeah. And I'm like, yeah. dude, yeah, I'd rather really have right. someone use that. Yeah, mm-hmm. that actually reminds me because there was one time, like I created this. Up uh, like a picture book mm-hmm. and then somebody mm-hmm. wanted to like purchase it but I didn't want to let go of it mm-hmm. so I didn't but the thing is it's like sitting in my garage somewhere yeah <laughs> you know? so, like, I'm like oh maybe I should have like you know let them yeah. have it um but yeah like I, I resonate like uh, I remember in college I created this piece uh it's about like the the progression of of dance but it was more like where you start off with like nothing and you don't know anything you learn the basics of fundamentals and then you like progress and I and I created a piece that kind of uh, exemplified that through like drawings and through different mediums. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I like had a collage of it and somebody like, I was just in the parking lot. I was like moving out of my dorms and I was like moving this piece and some lady in the parking lot was like, can I buy that off of you? And I'm like, Whoa. Oh, you don't, you can just have it. Like Whoa, I, really? it's a done, it's a done project. So yeah. you can have it. But she's like, yeah, I have a, I have a daughter. She's, she's a, a dancer. And I like, I, I really like this piece and <gasps> wow. can I have it. So, so cool. And so it was like really weird because yeah. I'm like, it was just, I, I made that because yeah. uh, it was, it, it was very personal to me, but it was actually just for a school project. I was just trying to yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. finish it up. But yeah, it is kind of, it's like so weird when yeah. people come to you and they're like, I want that. And right. Like, you, you, you do? Uh-huh. Like, you like, you like this? <laughs> it's kind of like an honor, you know, you're like, oh, thank you. Like, yeah. I didn't yeah. know that, yeah. that you, you, right. it's different to 
somebody from the outside. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. I think that, um, you know, when we're on the topic of like purchasing your Mm -hmm. work, I feel like with songs, it's not as transactional. You can't just like, I mean, you could buy a song, but it, when they buy the song, it's not taken away from you per Mm -hmm. se. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I, I think the, um, element of, I guess in its core, if, if someone is moved by your creation, Mm -hmm. so if something about it really resonates Mm -hmm. with them and they want it, they, Mm -hmm. they want it for themselves or they want to remember it or some, something like that. It really, I think is, uh, such, it is such a compliment in a sense Mm -hmm. because, you know, I mean, when I think about creating songs, I don't really see it as like my baby. Mm -hmm. Um, I see it as like my diary. Mm, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, totally. So for me, it's like, uh, it, it's kind of weird to think that my personal experience in the form of a song somehow m- means something to this other, the you know, the listener, mm-hmm. but maybe they have a different interpretation of it, which is right. another thing too, because yeah. art is pretty subjective. Right, right. right. And it speaks to people in different ways. Yeah. And, seriously I remember like at the art show that I had um there was a guy looking at my face cups and he was telling me all the revelations that he was having looking at this cup and I was like I literally drew a face like just a few brush strokes and he was like oh like this deep interpretation I was like wow dude you're getting out more out of it than (laughs) me but good for you man like (laughs) hey if I helped you connect your inner thoughts to this piece and yeah right right (laughs) Yeah. But I I think that's actually, um, you know, you were talking about the science of of what music does Mm -hmm. in our brain and et cetera. I I think when we when we have that kind of connection to art and, you know, in this case, songwriting, Mm -hmm. there is like a (laughs) kind of an outer world like. It, it's like not manipulated. It's mm-hmm. something that just happens on its own. Yeah. No, mm-hmm. no one is like forcing that connection to happen. Like I'm not forcing that for you, the listener, to like have that revelation right. or that epiphany. And the the fact that it just happens, it it's to me very. Um, it's a, it's actually very spiritual for me. Mm-hmm. So I actually come f- uh, from a background of like not being a believer to to becoming a believer in um, I have in the Christian faith like much later in my life. And actually it was during that time that the songwriting really was uh, established. Mm-hmm. So the sense of like significance to writing or the, the significance to music, there was it, it, before it was a, it was just a processing tool, but I didn't really have a sense of like significance or mm-hmm. like I should take ownership of it mm-hmm. until I kind of walked um, into that season of like having having faith yeah. and um, and actually with with music though, what I find most interesting about it is that it it has the ability to and you I think you guys. Are, are all music lovers here, so you could probably resonate with this, but music has that ability to literally take, like transport you mm-hmm. to a different mindset or different time or place or even like time travel, like yeah. literally takes you back to like an old memory or, you know, good or bad. Mm. And it 
you can step into the shoes of someone else's world mm -hmm. through the medium of music. Yeah. And that's a scary, it's a kind of a scary, powerful thing, but it's yeah. also such a marvelous, beautiful thing. And, um, and one of my, uh, I, I have like a few different songwriters that I really do respect. Mm -hmm. And each one, ha I have a different like reason as to why I respect them. So like uh, Ben Howard is one of my mm -hmm. musical inspirations. He's, his intent in songwriting, mm -hmm. I think he's always, he, he, like if you kind of look up his YouTube videos and stuff, he'll talk about how he doesn't really know music theory. Mm -hmm. He just kind of wrote and played stuff as he felt stuff. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and then one day like he got discovered and people really like just clicked with his music. Yeah, yeah. And apparently it's a thing where people fall in love like while listening to his music and things like that. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. I haven't had that experience, love. but but apparently like it's, you know, he has that, but his intent was not to like, um, his intent was really just purely like for him to process, I think. Mm -hmm. And then he got discovered, but stylistically, I think he appeals to me the most. Yeah. But uh, the intent of, uh, I guess, writers like, um, it, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to tie it back to my faith. Like there are 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 uh, worship leaders, so artists within the Christian faith mm -hmm. who write um, in a completely different context. So they're writing in the realm of things that are not being experienced yet. Yeah. So they're they're writing like to to help you get to a revelation or to help you overcome something or to help you gain perspective of something it's very like forward and i found that really interesting in the songwriting like discovering process for me because there was a point where i felt like maybe i should write christian songs because i'm a christian and i had this pressure mm. i thought maybe i should right but it wasn't something that um I can. I didn't really feel like it was natural for me to write just Christian songs because mm -hmm. for me it was purely like for me to process. But then I think as my understanding of okay, I clearly am benefiting from the writings of these Christian artists who are laboring over their words. They're laboring over the melodies and trying to intertwine them in a way where they could uh, help people have the experience of hope. Mm -hmm. Like it introduces, and that's another thing about. I think good writing is that it introduces like a new emotion or yeah. a new or, or a different angle or perspective or, or a different reality that you can experience. It's kind of like giving voice to something that wasn't that couldn't wasn't communicated before. Exactly. Yeah. That you can't really formulate for exactly, yourself. Exactly. Yeah. That's cool. Which is pretty it's pretty crazy. Like that, is that music crazy, can yeah. do that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's very intense. And I don't I don't think I place that pressure on myself mm -hmm. per se because every writing that I've done so far has been from a place of like what I'm currently experiencing. But mm -hmm. to write from a place of like uh, introducing this, like that kind of hopeful anticipation or future, like I'm not there yet. Mm -hmm. I think I, I'm realizing that the intent behind different songwriters mm -hmm. is really important to identify. Mm -hmm. So... I'm sure many songwriters out there, they like some people have the intent to be known mm -hmm. or to they want to be significant in this world for this, that, like their sound or their style or whatever it is, mm -hmm. their right, lyrics. Right. And then you have some people who want to be known 
um, to uh, uh, sound like somebody, mm -hmm. right? To get their foot in the door with the world, but then that you also have the songwriters who actually want to give you a whole different experience. Like mm -hmm. Christian artists, I think they do labor over trying to help you connect to this God. Like they're, they have like this um, agenda to like help you experience things outside of your problems and your circumstances. And I, I just mm -hmm. think that identifying those things has really opened my eyes to the power of songwriting. Yeah, I'm cool. just kind of on this journey right now where yeah. like I'm still in the, this is just my processing tool. Right. Mm -hmm. um, I have yet to be really forward with it yet, mm -hmm. but I hope to be. I hope that it can at some point be beneficial to people in that way, mm -hmm. but yeah. Yeah, do you think so, Shayna? Yeah, thanks for listening. Yeah, <laughs> a couple things. Um, well, one, like, it's interesting that you mentioned that um, that music it really uh, brings takes you back to a time or is able to be that like time machine. Travel, mm -hmm. you know, Which is such a neat thought um, that music because it totally does, right? Yeah. There are songs that come on and it just takes you back to a place where you used to be and you like just kind of sitting like oh yeah i remember this yeah. time in my life and it yeah it's it's uh it's magical but it could be i mean i mean it's good it's it's interesting it's actually it's interesting that you said that cuz for me it was like um it was an, it took me back in negative way mm -hmm. like for me i couldn't touch the guitar for over like a good amount of time like maybe like a year and a half to like a couple years three mm -hmm. years maybe like wow. Um, because for me, I actually was born and raised uh, in the Christian faith. Mm -hmm. And then I decided to step away from it when I was about like 23 or so. And I could not touch a guitar for men. Like I, I, I am like dabbling now mm -hmm. to jump back into it. But for a while there, like I couldn't touch it because every time I would strum a chord and because I'm like, I haven't evolved beyond like a certain chord progressions. <laughs> um, I'm like, oh shoot, dude, everything I play sounds like a Christian worship song. And I like, it just all, it had all these negative associations mm -hmm. for me. Um, and I was always involved with like the, the bands and, in the church that I grew up in. Um, and I remember like I was dating this person and that person was also like, he became, he's atheist now, but like he was a worship leader and um, he would show me songs that he had written. Uh, and they're not Christian songs. They're just like songs he had written. And I would literally tell him like, every time you play any sort of acoustic, like guitar song it literally sounds like a worship song and I like appreciate it for what it is and he would show me different like artists and musicians that he really likes that are that play the acoustic guitar or like guitar in general and I would hear their music and I'm literally like this sounds like Christian worship music and I just can't listen to it mm. like I was so averse to actually like playing myself and there was and I think I realized at some point like oh there is like a, I think it's because I'm associating with something and it takes me back to that mm -hmm. time absolutely and there was that so, so I do 100% agree like it it has that ability music has that ability to connect you to memories and times in your life and emotions both good and, and bad emotions, yeah, yeah both good and bad yeah but yeah when it has the ability to transport you back to certain memories it can be very achy or it can be very positive mm -hmm. and um, I, I think that's where uh, actually a lot of the songs that I have written, if I were to ever like replay them, mm -hmm. it does take me exactly back to that moment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I remember how I felt. Mm -hmm. I remember the, the scenario, like what was around me, 
the, even like the temperature, yeah. the wow. smells, like I remember what I was wearing or what that person was wearing. Um, and it's, it's a very, it's like literally That's it just so transports yeah. you. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What yeah. I'm, what I'm like getting, like just listening to you guys, like it, it's so fascinating how music has such a strong, it like implanted itself in on a subconscious level mm-hmm. and it takes a lot of conscious effort to even like, to rewire Dis- rewire that. and yeah. to disassociate like these certain feelings and these certain memories with the song and realizing hey actually like I don't I don't want it to have that negative effect yeah. on me but it it takes so much conscious effort to even dive deep into that subconscious level of yeah. what music is doing to you mm-hmm. or how, what kind of effect each you know song has which so it's kind of fascinating to yeah. to hear it on that level yeah. yeah I don't think music generally is like I feel like you don't have to tamper with it so yeah. much in terms of in the subconscious level, but I think with Christian songwriting, yeah, that was a very personal thing. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not gonna take a Ben Howard song and then try <laughs> and like reverse that trauma, yeah. you know. But some things I like leave it as is, and right. like if I'm feeling sad, sometimes I'll probably revisit that song yeah. and sulk in my sadness for a little yeah. bit. <laughs> and yeah. Sometimes it's nice to like uh, have that kind of um, let yourself empathetic, have that yeah. 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 yeah, which is totally valid. I totally do that yeah. all the time, yeah. right? I ter- totally like sometimes I turn on that sad song sad that song. yeah that sad. makes me okay sad. what it are your sad songs oh, my you- entire mood playlist oh. I literally <laughs> titled that playlist mood, mood and I just realized the other day I was like dude all the songs are depressing I have like some songs in there where I'm like mood is like I'm like yeah like go me and I have like some songs like that but most of them were like yeah oh, I'm so like <laughs> reminiscent of this and that <laughs> Sarah Barry Ellis has a song called gravity which Oh. Whenever I hear it, it it's takes, like <laughs> you shed a single shed tear. <laughs> tears because it it reminds me of the time when I was like breaking up with someone, and it it like I that was a song that I played over and over Whoa. again, just like so. It, it, whenever I hear it, I'm like, like it's so like it's not that I'm I'm not that sad because mm-hmm. I'm over it, but it does kind of have that feeling that effect yeah. yeah thank you sarah but no thank you yeah. <laughs> i love, I most love days, it yeah. I, it's a complicated yeah dynamic yeah so what would be it's like a cliche question but totally totally uh, <laughs> valid and important but what would you say was like the the biggest thing like what left the biggest mark on you from like your time on at sydney was it like the the education that you got in itself, like the people that you met, um, just like life experiences in general or like everything all together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have two takeaways actually. One is very spiritual and the other is more like uh, general, I guess. Mm. The general one is um, I have never seen such bold dreamers. Mm. I, I think like at Hillsong, you have people coming from all over the, all over the world. Mm. And these people were very, uh, not, I don't think driven is the right word. They were confident that they can do anything. Mm-hmm. Like they can pursue anything and they're going to do their best and they're not going to have any regrets. Mm-hmm. A lot of, open-minded, brave Mm -hmm. people Mm -hmm. that I was so inspired by. Mm. Because I think in this community where I'm at, a lot of us here, and it's I'm not saying it's wrong, Mm -hmm. it's just a different way of thinking. Mm -hmm. 
But a lot of us here, I think in Orange County, especially in Southern California, we we want to maximize what we've been given. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want to make best of what we have. So there's a lot of strategy involved. Mm-hmm. There's also, I think, coming from a Korean household, you want to honor what your parents have kind of set up for you, mm-hmm. right? We're standing on the shoulders of our, yeah. our parents and their sacrifice. So I understand the the reasons why we think the way we think mm-hmm. here and why they might think the way they think there. Yeah, And... Um, I was actually surrounded by a lot of Europeans and, you know, Europeans tend to be very open-minded and they're, they're coming from a different context altogether. But it, that was a, a really just a, a breath of fresh air for me yeah. to think, wow, really the limit is me or the limit is a sky and yeah. I am the cap to right. that limit. Right. Yeah. So, um, and it's funny I say that, because I, someone recently <laughs> asked me, like, what is your dream? Yeah. And I actually wasn't able to answer that. Mm-hmm. I used to have one, but it was like, I just wanted to latch onto something attainable. Yeah. And I, like, kind of just put together this dream. Um, now it's totally irrelevant. It does not resonate with me. Yeah. Um, and now when someone asks me, like, what's your dream? I really don't have an answer. And I, maybe that's because, like, I am, I am maybe more aware of, of the, the fragility. Is fragility a word? Yeah. It could be. Yes. <laughs> it could be. It is. It is yeah, a word. Is, it is. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, of life. Mm. Yeah. I, I think, I mean, people can approach life in different ways, but I really, I guess my current philosophy, it's ever, you know, developing, but <laughs> it is that I really only know today. Right. And right now, I mean, in this current season, I... I see like like the dream for me if I had to put it into words is just to see my family well mm-hmm. to see the people around me uh be one step you know further uh, towards their freedom mm-hmm. or their peace or their happiness uh not necessarily manipulated or you know in, influenced by me mm-hmm. per se but just like that's like the immediate dream that mm-hmm. I have but I don't have like this like five-year ten-year like da, 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 da. plan yeah I just don't see success. it yeah but but um even within this the confines of this immediate dream I have that belief that it can happen yeah. like anything can happen that's really cool that you you believe for that because I think it really is hard to believe for uh really like happiness in a tangible way um because i think everybody wants happiness you know everybody wants that type of freedom at a certain age especially like you want that for your parents or your family or people that you love and care for but it's the how do we now how do we make that happen that's Mm. always the real question you know and it's always fun to think about the future and create it right have like this um image of happiness but i mean I think also ha- like defining happiness is mm. kind of uh, it really is subjective. It, it is, is subjective, subjective yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, we're getting all philosophical now, but anyway, <laughs> no, um, I could be philosophical for <laughs> yeah, days. I know. Uh, but the, this, the other one, uh, the takeaway from my time in Sydney is, is the more spiritual one, which is, um, you know, obviously, like I said, people, people were saying like, mm-hmm. you know, you ought to pursue Muse music, like specifically worship music, and you're called to it. They're like, this is your calling. This is what you're meant to do. And I really try to p- 
piece it together and have something to hold on to, like some kind of image or something attainable where I'm like, okay, that's what I need to work towards. So in order for me to look like that or get there. Mm -hmm. So at that point in time, I was thinking like, um, Brooke Frazier, for mm-hmm. example, who's like a Hillsong, one of the Hillsong like songwriters, worship she's, leader. And she's a Christian artist. She's a Christian artist, but yeah. also a quote unquote secular she's artist, always. um, who is like, you know, in the mainstream media. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I was like, maybe I, is that something I'm aspiring to? Then if that's the case, then I probably should stick with, uh, staying in this music stream at Hillsong. I mean, it's like A plus B equals C. So I better stick this through all the way till the end. I better um, say yes to all the songwriting opportunities. I better say yes to all the performance opportunities. Mm. You know, opportunities were everywhere. And and I thought maybe that's the goal. Uh Uh-huh. But after my first year, the, 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 I guess, groundbreaking revelation for me was that worship. So this is, again, purely in the context of spirituality, Mm -hmm. but... Worship um, defined in the Bible is not music, which is something we really confuse in, mm-hmm. in this day and age. Right. Like we we think worship in the Christian in the Christian community, mm-hmm. worship is def- is kind of like um, connected immediately, instantly to music. Yeah, first thing that comes to mind would be like music. Yeah, exactly. Oh. But the way that uh, God describes worship is is your lifestyle. So Mm -hmm. your lifestyle ought to be reflecting, honoring, and just desiring more of God, not just in the moments of singing and, you know, whatever Mm -hmm. that communal moment of singing together, but worship ought to be a lifestyle. It's to be a living sacrifice. Is there like a verse that says something about like it being a fragrance to him or something? The, your, your worship. Yeah. Your worship. The, um, Yes, fragrance. I, I don't know. I don't know the exact text to that. Yeah, but I'm like, oh, I feel like something about a fragrant like offering. Yeah, something to like God. That. Yeah, yeah, to be a living sacrifice. Um, is it, it, it sounds so kind of daunting, but yes. like to a non-believer, but mm-hmm. like to be a living sacrifice means to literally place ourselves on the altar mm-hmm. on the daily. So you know, back in the day, but pre-Jesus, like people would need to sacrifice the purest and, and the best of... Um, whatever they had. Yeah, whatever they had. Whatever, livestock, livestock or their agriculture, whatever it was. Right, uh, and, and place it on the altar to uh, approach God and, and to kind of... It was like a way to cleanse or... or um, What's the word? Yeah, to... Uh, I guess uh, like to... Like a, a, retrib- a retri- like a retribution for their... I don't know. Yeah, it was yes, it was it was it was an offering mm-hmm. made to to come before God and 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 to have your sins uh, be cleansed through the, the act of the offering. The yeah, atonement. the atonement. Thank you. Yes. There we go. There we go. Did the I atonement. even go to Bible college? <laughs> <laughs> but um, <laughs> that was a struggle right there. <laughs> we were all there. Yeah. We were like, what is that word? <laughs> and um, this is good because at least we're relating, you know, to people who do not know what the word atonement yeah. means, like us. But. Um, you know, and then and then Jesus comes along, and he becomes the ultimate sacrifice, uh, who bore our sins, etc. But now, for us to be a living sacrifice means we're not we're not um, we're not uh, under the oppression, and we're not bound by sin anymore. But we have the opportunity to come before God in the daily to to 
to lay ourselves down essentially. Mm-hmm. So to be a living sacrifice means to lay ourselves down and and to to lean into what God is doing and making ourselves um, you know available for for us to be just the light and the salt and the love that the the world is honestly deprived of. Mm-hmm. And so I, I feel like that living sacrifice to be a word like worship is a lifestyle and it's to be a living sacrifice every day is a revelation that clicked for me because for me worship was purely just a musical thing mm-hmm. initially but then i realized you know what like yeah music is kind of a portal to, for us to encounter like yes. experience god in those moments but i was more fascinated and more uh, drawn to the development of this lifestyle of worship and mm. so that's where the the interest in pastoral mm, care came in because it was more about like a holistic approach mm, as right. opposed to just in the moment during the time of worship that I was mm-hmm. yeah I, I was no longer just like intri- intrigued by that right. so anyway um so I'm those were my like we're yeah. able to sort that out f- for yourself because it's really stressful it would have been really stressful to like make a decision and then realize, oh my god! Like that's ten not, steps later, like oh shoot, that, that's like, not what I was. Yeah, really this isn't what I want. Had, you know. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, yeah thanks for asking about yeah. that experience. Yeah. Well, before we transition into a different segment here, um, just one last question for you, and I guess it kind of like touches on uh, some of the things that we've already kind of talked about here. But I know, like. Uh, you know, you talk about lifestyle and you talk about, you know, dream dreams and um, that your focus, I, I feel like your philosophy in life and everything, it's more, it's more about um, relating to what's in the present um, versus trying to, trying to make something of the future, which we can't really, you know, see or predict. Um, and so my question would be like, you know, you're, you're actually looking to head into your 30s soon and oh, yeah yeah and 30, i think 30 and thriving yeah. oh thriving. that's your goal <laughs> but uh yeah like there's a lot of pressure for people in their 20s to like make sense of uh their lives yeah, like you have to have a goal like you need to know where you're going exactly you need lie. it and and that's a <laughs> lot that's a lot of pressure and that's why even i think the whole idea about uh, of the quarter life crisis is like that's such a particular way to like that's one way to um label like an experience that experiences that you're having in your 20s at least in this day and age because i think um people in their 20s at least like even a couple decades ago it meant something it looked different uh but i think people who are in kind of like our generation or around this like generation, um, they're in their twenties. And I feel like there's like a lot of pressure, at least in like Southern California, Orange County, uh, to make something of yourself or be a self starter. That's like huge nowadays, Mm -hmm. uh, be an entrepreneur, um, you know, follow your dreams. Like even, I feel like there's even a, there was like a whole wave of like, you know, follow your dreams, Mm, you know, and there was, I literally saw that like stuck and like labeled in calligraphy, like everywhere (laughs) I looked. All home goods. Yeah. (laughs) Eat, pray, love went out the window and it was like, follow your dreams. Be a dreamer. Dream big. Yeah. And dreamer. (laughs) (laughs) And there's a lot, and it sounds, it's actually really deceiving. I feel like, because it makes it sound freeing. Like it's supposed to be a freeing 
idea that you're free to dream and do what you love. But some people don't have that figured out yet. And some people don't have that part of themselves figured out yet. Cause it, it really comes with the process of like getting to know who you are as an individual. And, um, you know, now that you've like, you're, you're at the tail end of your twenties, um, and this day and age and like looking back, like what are some things that you've kind of realized in hindsight and, uh, kind of stick out to you about that time period and like what do you kind of look forward to or maybe you're concerned about as you head into like the next decade of mm. your life you know yeah I think that's a that's a great question because it's it's something that I think resonates with all of us who fall in that bracket of that mm. age you know yeah. that age <laughs> uh to be honest like I am saying all of this from a place of like, I don't really know either. Mm-hmm. I, I think um, at this point in my life, I'm able to acknowledge that there are many uh, approaches to life, like entrepreneurs and people who are following their dreams, mm-hmm. people who are riding the momentum of, you know, uh, the opportunities that have been set before them. Mm-hmm. I think there are there are a variety of approaches to life and, and there are many bold dreamers out there and doers. And then there are some of us, I, I kind of identify myself actually with, with this group, Mm. but, um, there are those of us who are particularly interested in, in many things. And, uh, you know, maybe for some of us, including myself, when I say some of us, I'm, I mean myself included, Mm -hmm. Uh, life, life's curveballs didn't really um, make it easy to have similar experiences like uh, maybe some of the more desirable ones. Like when I look at a person who has gone through the, uh, you know, awesome opportunity to like finish their schooling, go to a university, get their degree. Mm-hmm. Um, they're like well-established in their career and, you know, they're, um, either dating or married, having children, et cetera. Like I'm at that age now where that's definitely, you know, it's people are entering that season of their lives and you can't help but think like, is that what my life should look like? Yeah. Yeah. Am I supposed to be there? Right. Like what am I missing here? Am I missing something? Am I, you know, but actually, um, and of course it's been a wrestle, right? But the process for me has been more of a, like a, in my, in my moments of weakness where I would feel like, oh, I'm missing something Mm -hmm. or I'm, I feel inadequate or like, I feel like I'm behind. Mm, Right. Those are the moments where it really was a, uh, like I had to make a decision. Mm. Am I, what, what is, what is first of all causing that quarrel or that Mm -hmm. concern? And am I willing to nurture that? Like I need to make a decision to decide that, that I'm supposed to adapt to that story Mm -hmm. or I'm supposed to embrace my story. Mm. And for me, my, my life has had, had a lot of ups and downs. Like, I mean, most people do, right? Like we all have our ups and downs. Um, and I'm in a position right now where, you know, yeah, I went to Hillsong College. I don't really have like this incredible degree where I can just jump right into the field and, you know, have this uh, 
you know, career that's pretty defined. It's more like my life is a little bit ambiguous, to be honest. Uh-huh. But the only thing that is certain for me is um, uh, everything that I've learned about myself in terms of uh, the the people that are in my life, mm-hmm. uh, the opportunities that are in my hands, the giftings that I've been given, and the giftings that I have the uh, opportunity to hone and increase and grow. Um, I look at what I have immediately in front of me and how can I make the most of that? Mm. What is my responsibility as just just me uh, in terms of uh, stewarding that well? And mm. I, I, I think that's where the pressure began to lift because when I look to the left and right and I see other people seeming like they're succeeding mm-hmm. and they're checking off all the right boxes in terms of like what society says, this right. is where you ought to be. Um, honestly, like society now actually is a little bit more, uh, flexible. Mm-hmm. It's not so yeah. it's becoming more, yeah. yeah, it's becoming more like the quote unquote, you do you, which I, I can agree to an extent, but, um, cause you do you is not always wise. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, um, like, save, like spending all your life savings. On yeah. This one <laughs> thing. Yeah. 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 You or follow your, back. follow your heart and do whatever. Pull no, back. it's not, it's not always wise to you, do, you know, for me <laughs> right, to do right, you, whatever. Right. <laughs> It's like staying, stay true to who you are. Yeah, it's, it's like, like, yeah, but who well, I am is messed up. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, and um, so at least for for me, I'm in that position right now where I'm learning to see immediately what is what is in my hands. Right. Who is within my vicinity? Right. right. What at, at this point in time, what opportunities have I been given and what am I going to do about it? Am yes. I going to just sulk and look to the left and right, right and just be completely like upset? No, right. actually, mm-hmm. no one's um, no one's got it figured out. Yeah. The biggest revelation for me is that no one has f- truly figured it out. <laughs> Seriously, no. I like ask this person, I ask person that person, no like, one. how are you doing? And they're like. Dude, and I'm like, oh my god, we're all in the same boat. Yeah, we're just kind of <laughs> faking it till we're making it. Really, no, yeah. comparison can be such a poison. Oh yeah, um, where like you said, like just to recognize what you have right now and making the yeah. most of what you have within, like what your interests are or what opportunities that you have, and making the most of those things are so much more important than like comparing yourself to another person's journey or another person's path. Yeah, because honestly, they probably have their own. A baggage or whatever that they're working through and they're yeah. probably looking at you and thinking the same thing yeah really. i mean we all it, it's like the i think the tool in which we utilize the most to compare ourselves with, with the person next to us or to kind of track like okay how am i doing yeah it, it is social media right we we look at what people are doing or what their lives look like and uh, you know fake news like we talked about earlier fake <laughs> news guys fake news. seriously come on fake news, yeah I, I i think um and and that's I, I really have to credit, like, you know, um, the the community I'm in uh, mm. with uh, LifePoint TKC and also just my faith in God has really helped me to stay grounded in terms of being content and grateful with what I've been given. Because mm. at this, I mean, yeah, 30, I'm turning 30 this year. And yeah, I, I have mixed feelings about it. <laughs> but um, at the end of the day, like, we really do not... N- I mean, even how we got to where we are, we cannot fully take credit for it. One way we tend to track like how we're doing or we, we tend to look at how other people are doing via yeah. social media yeah. to, to see, 
okay, am I, I mean, I don't think we maybe like proactively think, right. am I yeah. on the right track, but it kind of acts as a gauge for us. And, and then we look at ourselves and we're like, but my life doesn't look like that. Yeah. And so, um, but I think the most important thing is that we, we do look at the context of our own lives and, uh, what we are good at, what speaks to us and uh, the people in our lives, it's very important for us to be true and mm-hmm. to be, you know, loyal to those things and honor, honor um, I guess, the st- the things and the people that have gone before us to to really get us to where we yeah. are mm-hmm. today. And Yeah, I think I heard recently from somewhere or somebody that we were only, as like humans, we're only really meant to hear and see people in like a certain radius, you know, around us. Mm. And now, nowadays, like you really look at Instagram and you're, you see all these like famous people. I, at least for me, I'm like, I'm looking at really famous, uh, Instagrammers slash like YouTubers, all these like women who are around our age and are, they have like so much money now because they're like beauty influencers or they're just like bloggers or whatever. And they're just like living this life that's so beautiful and picturesque. And, um, yeah. they're, they, they're like in a certain life stage, mm-hmm, you know, like totally. they have the boyfriend or they mm-hmm. have the husband or even like people around us. Um, and even in orange County, I feel like, dude, they're, they're starting to get married. They're starting to have kids. And it's like, Oh yeah. Like I do feel yeah. like my, yeah. my life doesn't look like yeah. that or no. <laughs> and we forget that we post our highlights. We don't post the everyday cause it's kind right. of mundane and boring. So we, yeah. we just post what we want to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And sometimes we forget that. Yeah. It, right. There's like a necessary pressure that comes from that when like really you're like you were saying, Monica, like, the people the people around us and the things around us like immediately like that's how far our attention span or like our ability are supposed to reach like and I feel like they're maximized and it's more manageable that way versus like our capacity to think and imagine and all those things yes there are totally I 100% agree that social media and the internet there are tools that you can use in really cool innovative ways uh, that benefit us but I think like there's you, that you need to learn how to yeah. work that balance you know absolutely it definitely can work to our disadvantage if we should allow it to yeah yeah turn that way um but yeah I think you know go, going from uh or going into my 30s you know, uh, pe- people would even ask like, Hey, what do you, what do you want to do? Like, this is kind of big. I, yeah, I agree. It's, it's, it feels significant. Mm. Uh, there is a zero at the end of it. So <laughs> it's like, it should be pretty big, I guess. But, um, you know, to me, it's just, it's, if anything, what it means to me, like to go into my thirties is just, um, like kind of kick things up a notch in terms of, like just being intentional, mm-hmm. I think, and understanding uh, full well, like this, I guess, yeah, what I have in my hands and the people in my life. I, I really have no other uh, approach, I guess, to life. Uh, I, 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 maybe, maybe it's because I don't have that crazy dream that's driving me right like other people that I see that are entrepreneurs aspiring artists what what have you like I I have friends who are really pursuing big things in their lives and Mm. um it's they're really being resilient and 
and, and persevering through tough times until uh, they're able to achieve each goal, you know, the milestones for them right. to, to get there. Um, but I guess for me, I don't have that currently. Um, and I, I don't know if it's because like of, uh, the, the cards that I've been dealt, if that's how you want to say it, right. I don't know. It's <laughs> like, so yeah, but just, uh, for me, I can, I'm kind of, I guess, nearsighted. Mm. Is that the right word? I just, I can only really see what's in front mm. of me at this point in my life. And I, I want to uh, do the best that I can with that. And, you know, it's, it's really no fuss at this yeah, point. It, it really does relieve, uh, lift any kind of unnecessary or unrealistic pressure yeah, for me yeah. to try and be someone or make something of myself that, yeah. um, in the end, I don't think it really matters. Yeah. So yeah, one day at a time, one step at a time. Yeah. 30 is just another number. Totally. Yeah. I like that. And these yeah. 30s is a new 20. So yeah, I think hey. it's a good track, dude. I think you're on a really good track because I think I'd rather have fundamental things about myself, like figured out. Yes. And not even like figured out, like, because sometimes it's just, it's just never figured out. Yeah. yeah it is a, a process. process yeah. yeah. I'd rather just have like the reins on certain things and that like an understanding and I have a grasp of this and this and this, mm. uh, before jumping into commitments with bigger commitments, say with like a partner or maybe in the future, like a child in your life, like before hitting those milestones in life, if you consider those milestones you want to hit, like I think, um, where you are right now, what you want to focus, what you're like really aiming to focus on. Those are great things to, uh, pour yourself into. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I think, uh, I'll kind of like go back into songwriting on that note because it's, uh, the greatest like artists that we know of, I mean, whoever that may be, they weren't discovered or acknowledged because they sounded like somebody else, mm. right? They It was because they were true to their sound or their experiences. And um, I think that that also is kind of like an analogy to our lives. Like we, the best thing we can do for ourselves is to stay true to our journey mm-hmm. and to not uh, try and forge something just just to have the the exterior or the skin of success, like the yeah. the mask of it. But um, truly, at the end of the day, we we are living with ourselves, mm-hmm. and we are going to be responsible for you know the outcome, the fruit, and the repercussions of our decisions at the mm-hmm. end of the mm-hmm. at the end of our lives. So, um, yeah, just staying true to ourselves, staying true to our passions, right? Yeah. Like if if songwriting is is our sitch is then we we've got to stay true to our sound and mm-hmm. there's no it's just wasted potential and it's wasted time to to try and forge another person's you know thing right. so wishes you know like, yeah yeah i agree so, yeah I, I feel like we can like talk about a million things probably. and like a million tangents yeah, but let's be real. yeah just for like time's, time's sake. sake um yeah we wanted to uh do a little segment where um monica gives us a little sneak peek into um just what she does when she sits down with a guitar yeah uh, i think it'd be really because we were talking about it we we're talking through your process but it would be really neat to kind of hear what she's been working through working on or have worked on 
uh, whatever. And so that we can kind of like listen to Monica's sound. So uh, this song uh, <laughs> that I'm going to sample first is called Gold. And how this came about is actually uh, because of a boy. Um, boys. <laughs> boys. <laughs> um, but this this boy, uh, I remember we kind of, you know, how you have that dance. You're like, okay, are we friends? Are we more than friends? And at that time, it was really hard for me to get over that because we had such a long history of friendship. And uh, in the end, when it didn't work out, I had to come to terms with like the reality of the fact that it just was not meant to be. Mm. And, um, and the process for me in the end was I, I came to this understanding that, that this person is first and foremost, an individual. Mm -hmm. He, he is himself. He is not who he is to me, but he is purely him. And I had this like newfound appreciation and perspective of who he is. And it enabled me to be happy for him and to kind of love him in that pure friendly way. Mm -hmm. Um, and so at that time, the, the moment I, I guess came to that realization, it really, it was a positive emotion, mm -hmm. like a, like a resolve. There was like a, it was just a really good emotion. And how I interpreted that via my guitar mm -hmm. was actually like... So it's very peace-inducing, mm -hmm. resolve. Um, I'm happy for him. I'm happy with who he is and how things turned out. So yeah, I'll just play kind of a snippet of that. Mm -hmm. for you 
light in your eyes I'll seek and see it till you're through Did you feel like I was seeing the gold in you? Yeah. Not even joking. I felt chills just because oh. I felt it's such a weird feeling um, that I, because as you were explaining the story of like letting go and finding peace about that, like there is like a, a, a tinge of like, of course, like sadness, disappointment, but at the same time, like you've come to this resolution that there's something bigger than that. You know, mm, that person right. is so much bigger than our disappointment. It, mm. Our lives are so much bigger than that. Right. right I just right. felt, it just feels good yeah i feel like you didn't have to there was like this really good uh, it was just so uh i don't even know how do you describe (laughs) that you're right we're we're like speechless right now (laughs) literally i mean aside from the fact that like i was blown away um i i think there was just such a it, it conveyed um that emotion of like resolve uh and i think you didn't have to like really like shout or scream or um like do something crazy with the guitar mm-hmm. but there was this like perfect blend mm-hmm. of you like communicating that resolve yeah. Yeah. and it was done in a way that was like totally you yeah. you know that's awesome yeah wow, i've never gotten such like feed, live Ooh. feedback uh. it's a very <laughs> vulnerable process uh. right <laughs> I guess it's the first time for everything, but I, I think it's interesting because you said, you know, um, something about the resolve, but you still feel like, oh, there's this, a tinge of kind of a bittersweet. I think that's, pro- mm. I'm realizing this mm. as you're saying that. Totally. Like that chord when I go, um, mm. yeah, that, yeah, I think that, Ooh, yeah. yeah, what the heck, that's man? like the, the, <laughs> the like, <laughs> it's hard to describe like I said it's hard to describe in words what mm. that is but we all I think we all we can all empathize right. with what that is that feeling. I, yeah I think that's so the process for me is usually the melody first mm, yeah. I don't have words for it until much later um, but it, 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 it I guess that chord is very revealing it of is. that process I don't know I'm just finding the that minors, dude. the, the minors, minors dude the minors dude I live in the minors <laughs> The black key. I know. <laughs> Actually, speaking of minors, of the um, the other sa- uh, song that I wanted to like kind of sample was, um, cup. It, it has more minor chords, mm. and it's. It was actually. Uh, I, I got into a fight. I hardly get into fights because I'm. I don't like that. Mm. I like to make peace yeah, and resolve at the end. But I remember this fight was so bad because I felt completely misunderstood, and we're just. It just was not. It was no resolve for a while. And the first thing that I do as an internalizer is I go away into my room. I pick up my guitar and I just start playing stuff like an emo child. But it helps me <laughs> process. And it it came to this melody. I, I th- How does it start? I should probably remember how it starts. It goes like... Um, mm. 
So it's very like. There's just like no hope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's just desolate. It's desolate. Despair. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I'll sample that. But it this this song is it was written actually this is the song where the lyrics kind of came uh within a matter of minutes. And I think it's because I was so frustrated and you know, I'm maybe not as confrontational as you, Joanne. For me, it takes me a while mm-hmm. to confront the person in the heat of the moment i will hardly do that but i think these were the words that i wanted to say yeah and that's i could like yeah it was mm-hmm. like on the tip of your tongue you know? yeah so i think that's why yeah absolutely so mind you i am confrontational but i step back later and i'm like oh my god what <laughs> what was coming out of my mouth yeah oh, anyways hey, <laughs> hey the flute <laughs> Consider that's the why that flute is like beat up i know dude. right <laughs> that flute was your saving grace in hindsight it, you it really yeah. <laughs> i was much kinder i'm much kinder to my guitar <laughs> that's hilarious um yeah so that this one is uh, i actually don't have a title for it but i guess it's like it doesn't really need a title because it's not for anyone anyway except you guys uh, all right here we go Heads you win and tails I lose You never leave me room to choose Doesn't matter what I try Cause it's heads you win and tails I lose That's pretty much it. Mm -hmm. I mean, the lyrics continue, but that's really the sample of just that moment of um we're not meeting eye to eye i Mm. like i i can never no matter what i try i toss and i turn i try to meet you yet still this there's just no resolve Mm. so i guess it's kind of the opposite of the other song there's no resolve and i'm utterly frustrated so that's kind of the uh what's the word like the contender in me is that the right like the person who like fights on behalf yeah the contender. yeah the contender in me is like oh i feel i feel it's like so unfair <laughs> you know the it's yeah. like heads you win and tells i lose what yeah. like give me another coin yeah <laughs> seriously. seriously give this woman another coin <laughs> yeah yeah that was beautiful though i yeah like t- they're two different colors but i can it was it was interesting to see your process through writing those songs and yeah yeah the weight of it and it's it's cool that like those two songs came about very differently like the first one you were saying um the melody came first whereas the second one uh the 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 words it it was already there Mm -hmm. you know and that i feel like is a testament of like just how you how music comes about to you personally Mm -hmm. and um yeah, that, like what that process looks like. Yeah, it's different, and even situationally, you know. Yeah, absolutely. So it's definitely a, I would say, um, a a vulnerable experience um, when when people hear this mm-hmm. stuff. So I like neither of these songs are out there anywhere. Mm-hmm. I think I maybe released like a snippet of gold with like the intro, like I see the gold in you. I think I sang like one line, and that was it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But I, I, I think that for people to listen in on it, yeah, it's like like you're reading my diary. Yeah. That's what it feels like. Yeah. Right. So I think that's why I don't have this drive to also record these mm. officially and then put it out there mm. because it's so personal. Right. But um, I'm actually on that kind of learning bend right now where I am trying to be a bit more generous with um, getting it out there because I have, uh, I shared with you guys, mm-hmm. uh, I think just prior to the session that um, I've had songwriting friends who have been really challenging me to, to, to not be so selfish mm-hmm. in a sense. Like the, they were reminding me that the songwriters that I have been impacted by, I have been impacted by because the music was accessible. And so um, I, I do have good people around me who are really encouraging me and challenging me to step out. And so I'm trying I'm trying. I probably won't be recording those songs. Maybe gold. Um, and I hope that the person does not know that it's about them. <laughs> um, I feel like every boy is going to think, oh, is it about oh, me? Oh, gosh. Oh, I hope it's about me. Okay. That's, if I was a guy, I would think, I hope, I hope she's singing about me. I know. <laughs> I lost. I I'm going to tell you right dream. now, it's not about you. Ooh. Ooh. Oh. She's just not that into you. You oh. ever. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> for a boy she's good for a man so step oh, off oh yeah off. oh what a turn of events <laughs> i know she, I'm sorry, sorry, sorry. we've got contenders in us <laughs> well that was amazing I thank know. you so, I, I feel like we Thanks, could guys. talk forever Seriously. about this but i, I think that <laughs> we gotta know, close up shop at up. some point well thank you so much Thanks. for sharing your heart and soul i know with it just being so vul- honestly thank you for being vulnerable yeah i uh it just it's not easy yeah uh, it's, i don't i don't think it's easy at all so mm-hmm. we really appreciate it i'm really grateful no i'm really grateful thank you for yeah just being so awesome i i've been listening to your guys' podcast <laughs> i it's been great guys like if you have not heard their other podcasts sit through the art history stuff i'm telling you sit through it because they are very cultured fine top of the line women who have a lot to relay so treat yourself oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah. Appreciate thanks for that. having me I, I i feel so honored oh, we, we yeah. are honored to have you and thanks austin for i know thank you austin hall behind yes. the scenes always work. pulling through mm-hmm. the editing and the sound yeah yeah cool oh get, and just to yeah. let you guys know monica is planning on releasing something, something in the near future something. i'm really excited. so stay tuned because we will we will uh promote you yeah we will blast we it will on. toot your horn Yikes. hard uh, <laughs> we are your contenders uh, oh my god yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah all right you guys well thank you so much for toning in yes. and uh we have a lot more right. exciting and, and just to know we i think we're i mean for our next episode we we're gonna take a, a short break yeah. from the create or the art of series yeah uh, and we're gonna <laughs> dive into a few other topics but we'll be right back on it with a few other creators and artists but uh we just want to take a short break i just want to let yeah mix it up that. a little yeah, bit you know yeah It's going to be exciting. Promise. Mm -hmm. Spruce it up. Yes. All right, you guys. Well, this was a great time. But until our next episode, I am Joanne. And I'm Michelle. And I'm Monica. (laughs) And this was (laughs) Don't Don't Take take Our Word word For.